And we are back to talk about House of the Dragon, Episode 4. Uh, you like this one much better than you did... You like this one more than you did Episode 3. Oh, I liked it a lot more. But <laughs> I can understand how my tastes wouldn't necessarily translate to everybody else's tastes in the world. Mm. You know, like, um, I... You know, this was one of those episodes where... You know, I, you, you got to say, okay, the source material is ambiguous here. It's ambiguous here. How how are they going to play this? How are they going to handle this? And so it was very interesting to see what choices the showrunners went with. Um, so that made it very fascinating for me. I also thought there was a, there was a lot of interesting, ambiguous um, motivations from different characters where where you can debate sort of, well, what was that person thinking? What was that person feeling here? What was that person feeling here? There's a lot to think about, you know, with regards to each character and their feelings, you know? Um, uh, and so it was very fascinating to me just to, just watching all of the characters interact and their schemes and their, their feelings and their relations and why they did certain things and who is in love with whom and who just did something for the sake of doing something. And, and, um, that that was all very fun for me. Uh, I liked it a lot better than the last episode. Well, ho um, hopefully there just, was no Viserys yeah. line that makes you go fucking crazy and people get on your case forever for it because uh... I'm I'm sh <laughs> I'm sure once I go through the episode again I'll find something. But but this was my favorite episode so far. I can understand though that some people would would find the episode slow and boring. Um, well, uh, yeah, yeah. fuck those people. Uh, before we start, guys, <laughs> as always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider checking us out on those platforms. And if you do, please leave us a review. It helps out a lot. Also, leave your comments down below. We might cover them in the next episode. Uh, let's see here. So I'm, I will be reading off the summary of the episode. And uh, the audience doesn't know this, but before we started, Preston was researching a good chunk of this first part. With uh, Rhaenyra's oh, suitors. Oh, okay. I have to say, we, yeah. we already covered this in the stream, but cover it here as well. You made a very good point. So, starting off the episode, Rhaenyra travels to Storm's End, where, with Lorman Borman Baratheon's assistance, she meets and rejects countless suitors. Hmm. Why the fuck she would need to be in Storm's End is weird, when she could have just been in River Run. Because we yeah. have... I spot four houses. I think... I think that... And that didn't look like the Trout of uh, House Tully. It looked like either House Mooton or... Mm, mm. I, I can't remember which other like fish sigils there are. Fish-oriented? Yeah. There, there, there's a few, but um, uh, they're, they're escaping me right now. Right. Because there are, there are a few that are fish-related with... With the with the colors of the trident, yeah. I just need to go back and um, and, and play Crusader Kings two Game of Thrones mod again. But <laughs> I spotted yeah. one one Riverlands house, uh, either Mooton or <clears throat> excuse me, someone else. House Frey was there, and mm. of course Bracken and Blackwood. And you wanted to yeah. go into the whole. Well, so so yeah, the um, so this scene is directly from the source material, Fire and Blood. However. Uh, it's connected to some later source material and they didn't connect it to the later source material. So what you, what we're, what we see here is, is, is a bit different, but in, in the source material in fire and blood or in the rogue prince, it's, it's in the rogue prince originally. Um, she goes to the trident and that's why there's all the river Lords there. And I think Frey, um, asks for her hand and everybody calls him like a fool. So the fool of Frey. And then, um, the sons of Lord uh, Bracken and Black would fight a duel. Um, and that's what the Rogue Prince simply states, uh, which is what we saw. We saw the sons of, of Lord Blackwood and Bracken fight a duel. Um, however, <laughs> in, in Princess and the Queen, though that Blackwood and Bracken return. Um, and we actually find out that they both survived the duel and we find out which, which one won. Uh, it, it turns out the, the Bracken won the duel, um, and the, the Blackwood lost the duel. Um, here it's the other way around. They reversed it. Yeah. Yeah. They, here it's the other way around. And it looks like he freaking gutted Bracken, right? It, it looks like Bracken's dead. Well, well you know? he, he like, put you know. his whole sword in the man's stomach and the man's like guts spill out. That's, that's usually a death sentence. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't, this, these are, this is Samuel and Amos. Um, I don't know if, so we don't know if Samuel and Amos will come back. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they switch things around. So I, now on this, I just don't think they connected it to later because it, it, it is a bit like, I mean, I guess they could have checked wikis and stuff, but it, it takes, you know, reading that, you just be like, oh, the, the sons of, of, of Bracken and Blackwood, like, fought a duel let's just adapt that and you know they didn't know that like you know a hundred pages later these characters would return so it's it's um because they're nameless in the scene and and they're not nameless later on it's a little odd but yeah so so that's that's what's happened they've they've um uh so i don't i, I guess we, we won't see samwell and amos later <laughs> amos bracken i'm sure so. we will going forward um, because it, it seems like ryan condal is determined to have book readers eat very good um but eat yeah. very well but uh <laughs> is he gonna is he gonna survive that uh that gutting <laughs> we'll probably get like a like a bracken brother or something who who's pissed or something yeah. I, who knows but uh i I, once again, we finally get to see Storm's End, but we don't get to see Storm's End. We get to see the interior, which is super cool, but we don't get to see the outside, which is which is bullshit. Um, I'm sure we will, right? Because we've seen we've seen the outside before. No, we've never seen the outside in, of Storm's End. Really, at Game of Thrones, we didn't we didn't see it. We were supposed to have seen it in season two, but because of budget constraints, we never saw it. Um, and that was it. We've seen, I think, every single castle. Actually, no, we haven't seen Sunspear. Um, we saw only the yeah, water. Yeah, we haven't gardens. seen the sand, the sand ship. Yeah, we haven't seen the sand ship, and um, I guess we saw High Garden. We saw Casterly Rock. Finally, we saw Winterfell, Erie, um, River Run, River Run, Erie, uh, and um, Sunspear and 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 Storm's End are the only ones we haven't seen. Which, come on, man, why why the fuck would you put us in the interior of Storm's End, but not give us like I'm sure we will see it when you know. Certain events yeah. happen. I won't go into it. Spoiler territory. It didn't. It didn't seem very majestic or, or large. You know, it seemed like they were in. I'm just kind of remembering like dirt floor and I don't know. But yeah, I I, I don't even know why it was in Storm's End. It just seemed very silly. But should but have been River Run. It's, he probably it, wanted to show. It's off. a minor. Yeah, you know, people people say like, oh, Preston, I don't like when you nit, nitpick. Like the climate, you know. Storm's End is a nitpick, um, but my my problems with episode three were not nitpicks. Those were like <laughs> major structural problems. Okay, those were not people that people need to understand the difference between a nitpick and a and a structural a, problem. A major problem. For those of you who are, who are confused right, like, about this, we did the stream yesterday, and Preston uh, got got chewed out by several of the uh, the viewers who were kept getting on about the Viserys comment. Yeah. But you know, like I say, like like them fucking up Storm's End or, or or switching Blackwood and Brackwood, like these are these are tiny little things that are irrelevant in the grand scheme of the of the of the story. Right. It's just one of those things where you're like, huh, that's interesting. That's an interesting. You know, so these are the nitpicks. This is the, by definition a little nit, but of um, course, yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't 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 affect much at all. It just it doesn't make sense that she's in Storm's End. It doesn't make sense that she's in Storm's End at this moment of her journey but who cares it doesn't matter it doesn't matter she went on a journey that's what's important and she came back and she was unsuccessful well the funny thing is i keep thinking ryan condal is a huge fan of the crusader two, uh crusader kings 2 game of thrones mod because you actually can um take a trip all over and you can get like you know you can meet people and marry them on this trip and uh there is also a white stag event in in the mod as well so yeah, I, the I mean the creators of Crusader King are are insane fans. <laughs> it's just it's it's amazing. Like the whoever did the mod and all the stuff, all the details they put. They in. actually uh, reached out to me yeah. a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember uh, to ask uh, to mm. to send a message to you if it's okay to put Chad Summerchild. I don't know if you remember that in in the, yeah. in the mod. So yeah, yeah, and I saw I saw that Chad's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chad Chad Summerchild is in the CK two Game of Thrones mod. So if you guys are interested in that, definitely go check him out. Obviously, he's in the Vale. <laughs> I don't know where in the Vale, but he's in there. Um, with the, uh, continue with the episode, she returns to King's Landing just as Prince Damon arrives from the Stepstones on his dragon Caraxes. Damon says he was named King in the Narrow Sea, King of the Narrow Sea, but swears allegiance mm, to King Viserys yeah. and hands over the crown. So this, I, I actually messaged you as this was going on, uh, this in the books yeah, is different. Yeah. It's actually attorney, and there's even like a whole artwork piece about it too in the, 
think the world of ice and fire. Yeah, they're 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 having a huge tourney, and he 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 descends upon the tourney. He kind of blindsides Viserys, and Viserys like hugs him in front of everybody, and so everybody's like cheering, and he does offer him his crown, but his crown is actually of like they say he's dressed in gold and silver. So here it's like he's just got this like you know some sort of reed looking crown that somebody like spent 30 minutes uh, 30 minutes like weaving together you know what it looks like and it looks know, like the Greyjoy yeah. crown that they put on euron's head from game of thrones oh yeah kind of yeah i mean in, in the same in the same like uh dri- like just kind of it, it it looked it looked like his crown was was natural like made of some sort of either reed or wood or driftwood or something mm. but i think he has like a golden gold and silver crown and in, in fire and blood and he offers the crown and then viserys gives the crown back so he, you know, he doesn't give up his kingship at that moment um, uh, in Fire and Blood. But I think here he's just given it up. Like, the, like I don't think he's going to go back to the Stepstones, which he does do. Um, and then he leaves when his in, wife in dies. In Fire and Blood. And then he, he leaves when his mm-hmm. wife dies. Yeah. So here, here I think they're just, they're skipping that. So. Uh, as the reunited brothers celebrate with a feast, Queen Allison confides her, lo- lo- her loneliness to Rhaenyra, who misses their friendship. This is another thing I was telling you about, because in this episode, Allison and Rhaenyra are all of a sudden friends. It's been a year, I think, yeah. since uh, – around a year, I think, since episode three, uh, because one of the uh, the performers says, the princeling of three. Uh, the princeling yeah. turned two last episode, so about a year. And uh, – right. I feel like we were missing a scene of them reconciling because last episode... I, I agree. I think they were trying to use that scene as their reconciliation. Mm. But honestly, honestly, you needed more than mm. that to be your reconciliation. You know, it, I, something as important as Alicent and Rhaenyra's reconciliation should not have been off screen. And if they were trying to use that as their their thing that, to count... Um, it should have been longer and more emotional and more intense and more, you know, not not this random like I'm going to spend five minutes on a bench. So, um, yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with you that that we should have had we should have had more on that. I mean, they've really established Rhaenyra and and Allison as good friends in that first episode, and so and the, and how important the, and how big the betrayal was that Allison's betrayal when you know fucking your dad and stuff so like it's it's um you know you definitely yeah i definitely wanted to see more Ah, uh, well uh late at night <laughs> rainier disguised as a boy sneaks out with damon to explore king's landing they drink attend a play and visit a brothel damon seduces a willing rainier i like whoever brought this in here put it willing uh but unable to perform sexually with her he abruptly leaves rainier fully aroused oh. <laughs> Instead, well, that, Sir Christian Cole, upon returning to the Red Keep, seduces. Hmm. Okay, so people are annoyed about that one. Yeah, that's that's. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that's that, that's not a possible interpretation of what the scene is, but I don't think it's the only interpretation of the scene. For instance, like it's it's not that I didn't hear many people coming to the conclusion that Damon Damon stopped because he he couldn't get it up um i think that's a possible interpretation of the scene but i don't think it's necessarily clear like he could have stopped himself for a bazillion reasons and i don't know if it's if necessarily it's it's him not getting it up um it could have been but i don't know if that's it i don't know did did you get that impression when when he just kind of stormed I off? I got the no, I didn't get the impression that he couldn't get it up. I got the impression that maybe he just really didn't want to do this with her. Maybe he just realized he put her yeah. in a, a fucked up situation and he had to get out of there. What I don't understand is why would he just leave her there? <laughs> you yeah, escorted really her weird. here and you're really leaving weird. her here. That's fucked up. That's very fucked up. Right. <sighs> I mean, I, I, so I got the impression that the scene, you know, so you can, I, you can look at it in a couple of ways. Like you could say, oh, maybe Damon is a schemer and he wanted this whole thing to happen to Rhaenyra. But I think in, in, in some ways it was something about like, he wants to connect with her and he, he knows that like she needs to, like, like with, with Viserys, she needs to understand the world. 
You know, she needs to understand what the what the small folk think of her. So he brings her to, to that to that play where she can see what the small what the small folk think of her. You know, that was an important education. And then he brings her to the to the you know, to the brothel because he feels that like sexual education is, is important for her. She needs to see these things. Um, and then my impression was, yeah, that he just has these mixed feelings about what's about what's right and what's appropriate and, and what he should be doing. And he's, you know, he's making out with her and then he realizes, crap, I, I can't do this. Like this is, this is wrong for whatever reason. Or I'm betr- I'm taking advantage of her, or I'm, I'm, my brother's going to get mad, or I, I'm just not into it. You know, he, he, Damon's nuts, but I didn't necessarily get the impression that he couldn't get it up. Um, I think that's I think that's possibility. I'm not I'm not denying it as as something that could have happened, but that's not the interpretation that I got. Um, but I, I did see a lot of people in my comments say that that was their interpretation. So you know. I mean, that's the thing about Ryan Condal. Ryan Condal's keeping like as much as as much ambiguity that he removes from Fire and Blood, he places in his own mm. ambiguity. So it's you know it's kind of kind of neat. So um, I accept that that Damon's Damon's a weird dude. Damon's <laughs> a weird dude. He's the rogue prince. <laughs> uh, well, uh, according to Rhaenyra, he went off and 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 got with someone else, which uh, Sir Otto's spies inform him about Damon and Rhaenyra's exploits. Allison overhears Sir Otto telling the king, and she privately questions Rhaenyra, who falsely claims she is still a virgin. So Rhaenyra is is bullshitting here, but not exactly. She's telling the truth. She didn't fuck Damon, but hmm. Let, yeah, let, let's go back and talk about Rhaenyra, because also they, they that that summary, which is kind of ridiculous, is like, oh, Rhaenyra aroused, seduces Kristen Cole. she's not going to be staying aroused the entire trip back okay her reasons for seducing damon i mean her reasons for seducing Kristen are not because she's horny in that moment and she's aroused her reasons for seducing Kristen seem to be that she felt liberated that she wants to break the rules and she wants to like explore the world and, and and know things you know like i got that uh, you know, because because coming back from the brothel and everything, that's that's gonna be like that's gonna be like a half an hour walk. Like you're not still gonna be like you know horny after like a half an hour walk or an hour walk, however long it takes to go home, you know, or how whatever else she did mm-hmm. that evening. Um, so that's a weird interpretation. Like aroused, she goes home and sleeps with Kristen Cole. No, she slept with Kristen Cole because she liked Kristen Cole and she felt emboldened. You know. Um, but first off, it's it's super shitty thing that she did. It's a Christian. She's in a position of power um, and all that, and 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 he will die if people find out about it. That's right. They will kill him. Gave me a lot of vibes yeah. between Ariane um, and well, not really Ariane because eh, well, and and uh, Ocar yeah. kinda. I mean, it's it's not Marcello, but still. Well, it's 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 supposed mm. to be that. I mean, like, um, Chris. I mean. Kristen Cole and Rhaenyra um, are first brought up in story at in under the story of Ares Okar and, and Arion. Like that's he like Kristen like uh, Ares is thinking about that situation and th- she thinks about him and he thinks about him and and all of those things. Yeah, he thinks about Luca more lusty and stuff like that. But this these are all like these are all factors in their mind. Like that story was fleshed out for a feast for crows and then the story was completely retconned for for fire and blood into something completely different (laughs) real quick for our non-book readers so basically if you recall in season two of game of thrones Tyrion strikes a deal with the martels and he Mm. sends marcella off to dorne in the books this happens as well but marcella is sent with kingsguard eris okard uh and uh he has a relationship with Duran Martell's daughter, Ariane. Ariane was not in the show. So that's why you don't see her. Only yeah. Duran only has one son, which is Tristane. In the books, he has three kids. Ariane, Tristane, and uh, Quentin Martell. And I, and I think there are some people that um, were misunderstanding things cause, cause, uh, when I was talking about it in the stream. Because actually, what, what I'm, what, when I brought up like various retcons, they, these are actually fairly obscure. Because even... Um, 
so originally, so Fire and Blood is a as a as a story like the Rogue Prince um, is a retcon of what was first presented in the A Song of Ice and Fire series, and so the Dance of the Dragons began. What we know about it was actually just from the appendix of a Game of Thrones. So in the in the original appendix of a Game of Thrones, they list the Targaryen kings, and when they get to Aegon. Aegon II, who we haven't even met as a character yet, they say that Aegon II was the younger brother of Rhaenyra by one year and that they had a war. Okay? And that was it. So, like, they weren't even half-siblings. They were only a year apart. Like, it was a completely different story. Um, and which, which Fire and Blood has changed it completely. And, and the reason, the reason that they're only a year apart and that they're brother and sister is because that later, when a feast for crows comes, and I feel that George did have this plan because in the original appendix for, uh, uh, for Game of Thrones, he does mention Dornish law and how in Dornish law, women regard, like men and women inherit equally. So an old, an eldest daughter will inherit rather than, uh, just the eldest male. And so I think he knew that that's that he was going to do something to parallel the Dance of the Dragons. And so when A Feast for Crows came, we have a, we have a reverse situation where Ariane Martel um, is becoming the Queenmaker. Right? We have a chapter called the Queenmaker, which is in opposition to Kristen Cole, the Kingmaker. The Kingmaker is his is his moniker um, that he eventually gets uh, because he has Aegon, the younger brother of one year, steal the crown of Rhaenyra while um, Ariane Mortel does the reverse. She has the sister who's one year older than Tommen steal the crown of the, you know, of the younger. So they, you have a, you have a you have a very parallel situation that was that was, um, you know, very intentional from, from our author um, when doing when doing A Feast for Crows. Sometime after A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons, he decided to just retcon it all and threw all of those parallels out the window. And we have a completely different story now. Because now, as half-siblings, there's different things to think about. The, the age difference is huge. There's all these complications um, with regards to the families and, the, and, and maester conspiracies, possibly, and, and all sorts of different stuff. It was originally a very simple tale. It was just a younger brother wanted to steal... The store, uh, like, um, and Kristen Cole was a sexist, which, which Ariane Martel, like, that's all she knows him about. Like when she, she, when she talked about some, some other sexist in the story, which is, which is, um, Anders Ironwood, she calls him Kristen Cole reborn as if you, if you said the, if you said the name Kristen Cole, you'd just be like, oh, right. Sexist. Like that, that, like that's, that, that was the reduction of his character. Um, though they did say that he and Rhaenyra were, were lovers, you know? So, but then, um, the retcon in Fire and Blood is they actually, none of the points of view say that Rhaenyra and Kristen were lovers. Um, so that's kind of the weird retcon that we go from a world where everyone accepts that they were lovers to a situation where you have multiple perspectives and none of them list them as lovers so it's it's uh it's some it's some interesting retcons that are that our author has done there but um they're they're pretty large with regards to uh the dance of the dragons but um but yeah um but yeah so here they actually have them you know doing the deed um even though i think uh in in fire and blood none of the perspectives actually have them doing the deed but you know it, it makes sense that they would do the deed i think that that's probably what happened also, in the original material, wasn't there something supposed to be going on with Alicent and uh, and uh, Damon? So that's a ret- yeah, that's another weird retcon. So a re- the in the original Rogue Prince, there's a rumor that Alicent and Damon got together, and then that's removed when Fire and Blood came out. Um, but in 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 both versions, Alicent starts a rumor that. Kristen Cole might be sleeping with Rhaenyra or she's subtle about it. She says, she says, uh, Sir Kristen protects Rhaenyra, but who protects Rhaenyra from Sir Kristen? You know, that, that, that was kind of the statement that she made. Sounds like a very catty thing. To, <laughs> sounds like oh, a yeah, very yeah. catty thing to say. It's just, oh Jesus. yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not friends in the book. <laughs> they're never friends in the book. 
So, I mean, I, I, I kind of like the fact that they've added them as, as friends. It adds a, a new dynamic to the story. But yeah, I like no, that. They're, too. they're not they're not friends. Yeah, they have every reason to hate each other. It's more like wicked stepmother um, relationship uh, with Rhaenyra and, and Alicent in the in the in Fire and Blood. Uh, but yeah, nah. I mean, I would I would feel bad for for Kristen if he wasn't such an asshole himself. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's really putting him in. But yeah, I mean, besides like putting Kristen in, in serious danger, she she straight up convincingly lies to Allison's face. Like uh, she didn't. Allison thinks it's Damon, but it's really Christian, and uh, you could argue no, it's really a lie, yeah. kind of a lie, not really. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll have to go back and like get the actual like situation of you know did she ever say she didn't have sex in general or she just said I didn't have sex with Damon? I believe she said yeah. I didn't have sex with Damon. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, yeah, well, that's an interesting, yeah, interesting thing. But but she didn't. But at no point did she you know hesitate or anything. She's just like <laughs> straight eyes eyes wide open. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, the king angrily confronts Damon, who never denies the accusation and proposes yeah. that he wed Rhaenyra. When he says, mm. just wed her to me, and we will yeah. bring the House of the Dragon back to its glory. So Damon believes that in order for House Targaryen to be back at full strength, Targaryen needs to go back to wedding Targaryen. Right. Um, now, I always wondered... If Damon knew more, like he knew about bloodlines and and what hatches dragons and things like that, because um, uh, you know why else be interested in incest? Like, what's the what's the? I mean, is it was is it just some sort of broad, abstract, like um, uh, kind of Nazi idea of like pure blood and so or some and strength? But um, you know, like, why is he so interested in marrying in the family? Um, while the other characters like are not necessarily that interested, you can also tell that Damon's super into the whole Valyrian supremacy of, yeah, above yeah. the common man type of situation. It, it's odd because even Harwin, even Lionel Strong, like makes those comments. He keeps saying, "Oh, you'd have, you know, she, they have pure Valyrian blood," and you're like, "Why is that important? Like, what what's the next step that you're you're taking? Like, pure Valyrian blood." So I can hatch dragons, pure Valyrian blood, so I can fulfill prophecy. I mean, you know, there's a couple different reasons why pure Valyrian blood might be important, but he never goes, he never actually like says why, you know, because I mean, imagine if somebody gave that like, like, uh, like rationale to you. They're like, you know, Carmine, you can, you, you know, you can date, you can marry a Brazilian and then you'll have pure Brazilian blood. And and your children will have pure Brazilian blood, and you'd be like, "Why does that matter? <laughs> like, what, what, why does why does that matter? What's the next step? What what what's the next step? What are you saying, Lionel? Do you know something about hatching dragons that I don't? You know, like, I always want to know. Like, but yeah, they dance around it. Like, uh, uh, yeah." Uh, knowing Damon only wants the marriage to gain the crown, the king exiled his brother back to the Vale. To avoid scandal, Viserys orders Rhaenyra to marry Sir Leno Valerion, and the king dismisses Sir Otto as his hand, realizing Otto has always manipulated him for his own personal gain. The king sends Grand Maester Melos to give Rhaenyra moon tea in case she is pregnant. I love the, I love the scene of when, like, I love the scene of when Viserys is just, like, piecing it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also what's cool about that scene, and I do like that scene a lot, is it's it's not only a little bit of Viserys piecing together, but also keep in mind, it's Viserys shielding Rhaenyra. Because right. it's Rhaenyra's request that Lion, that um, that Otto leave uh, based on the switching of the heirs. But he puts forward different reasons, right? He puts forward... An implication that maybe Otto murdered his father, and that an implic and um, you know the implication, the true one of that that he pushed his daughter on him. That was so, that, that was an implication. I didn't catch that. I didn't get that feeling. He said something about you know a burst belly. That's how his dad a burst died. belly. Yeah, my dad died, and then within days, you you were 
hand you, of the king. You all of a sudden were hand, and uh, you be, you 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 be, you had so much like rise in su- in such a fast amount of time. You know, it, it was like it was very suspicious. You know, it, it it sounded like he was he was claiming that he had something to do with his father's appendicitis. To me, it's it's ended more like he was happy at, at how quickly he he got to rise and and, and station. Uh, That's what it sounded like to me. I didn't get the the uh, the implication that Viserys thought there was foul play. I mean, yeah. It certainly there's certainly not foul play with Otto in in Fire and Blood. He's not even in town. But um, in in uh, in Fire and Blood, Otto's brought in the, again. There's a retcon uh, between the Rogue Prince and, and and Fire and Blood. But yeah, there's there's a delay um, uh, because they have the Council of 101, and then after the Council, Otto Hightower is brought in. But I suppose he could be at court. I mean, we don't know where Otto's living. Oh, maybe, maybe I forget if it says he brought him from Old Town, but whatever the case, you know. Well, we actually do get um, to see some of the Hightower household guard, and they have their own special armor. So, you know, I'm sure he has a place in King's you, Landing. You love, you love the armor, dude. I, I love how it's like you notice all the armor. It's important because, like, it just shows the show is not being lazy with it and giving them like mm. bullshit generic. Ah, uh, it's it's like the green M M&M, and uh, thing with um, Aerosmith. You heard about this? No, I have not. What is this? Aerosmith would have contract whenever they had a contract in the middle of the contract. They they would say oh, that only green M and M's in the bowl. bowl. And, yeah, only green M green M and M's need to be sorted <laughs> out. And everybody's like, "That's insane!" And there was this rumor that they that they just liked the green M and M's because it made them horny or something because they believe that green M and M's made them horny. But it was not. It was an oversight issue. It, they were like, if these people took the time to read the contract and then took the time to fulfill this random little thing in the middle of the contract, then that speaks well on the other things in the contract. Mm, that's a good you one. Know? I like and, that. And, and their detail. Yeah. And their detail on, on other things in the contract. That's smart. So, I like that. Uh, no, I just, yeah. I just like the arm. I just like these. I like the little details. It helps make the world, you know, more believable and more livable. And, you know, it, it helps it make it better, personally speaking. And like we said on the stream, this mm. is the first appearance of Moon Tea at the very end of the episode. For those of you who uh, who haven't read the books, you drink it and it's just, you lose the baby. Oh, it's yeah. essentially a, an abortion in a cup. Uh, it's Westeros' version of it. And uh, this is, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a huge plot point in the books. Uh, it, it's a thing that happened with Lysa, and I believe it's a thing that happened with... Um, with uh, uh, Marjorie. Marjorie, yeah. The two, her, Lysa and Marjorie have the two big moon tea plots. I mean, there, there might be a potential of, of one with Asha as well, but um, but we'll see, yeah. For Marjorie, what, isn't her... Marjorie gets moon tea for one of her either handmaidens or cousins? Who was it? Well, we're not sure. Like, you know, um, So she has three cousins um, who, who come to King's Landing with her. And... It's subtle. It's very subtle when you read the the Cersei chapters. But all of these, all of these men are hanging out with Marjorie and her cousins all the time, and Cersei interprets it as all of these men find Marjorie so beautiful, and they all worship her. And Cersei's jealous of Marjorie for a number of reasons. Um, also, um, Ty. Um, um, uh, Shit, <laughs> the um, uh, Merryweather, Tana Merryweather, um, tells her that they're all swooning over Marjorie. But if you actually pay attention to the other testimonies of, say, the Kettleblacks, they'll talk about how like everybody's coming to, around to see the cousins, which kind of makes more sense because Marjorie's married, and the cousins aren't. So of course they're going like these guys are going to be like coming over to talk to the cousins because these are these are ladies that might that might get married. Um and so we have three cousins and we're not sure which cousin um and then we know that that Marjorie is requesting moon tea for one of them and we're not really sure which one. There's different arguments on which ones would be would be um would be the would re- receiving it, um, but the moon tea but, ties uh, in plot wise to get Cersei to accuse Marjorie of infidelity. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Even though it's it's likely one of her cousins' infidelities. Yeah. So yeah, that she was asking. Yeah. Well, moon tea finally makes its appearance. Uh, so 
Uh, so so we have Moon T, Storm's End, we have several of the Bracken, we have the Bracken-Blackwood feud, uh, we have the Streets of Silk, which I think get their name finally, that gets gets name dropped, we have the reappearance... Oh, but but actually, actually going back to the Moon T, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go for it, um, just really briefly, I'm sorry to, to no, bring no, go it ahead. back, but um, I remember in an interview with Ryan Condal, where they, where they asked him about something, and he said, yeah, you know, we filmed all of this before um, the repeal of Roe v. Wade. But, you know, but obviously people can watch um, this and, 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 you know, get a lot of, lot of interpretations out of it that, that might have, that might relate to modern day politics, even though they did it before. Um, And so at first I was a little like, I was like, at first I read that, I was like, oh, because it's generally about women's rights. And I was like, oh, actually, no, it's very more, it's much more specifically about abortion. Um, and so now, now it kind of like it's coming in that the moon tea is, is a relevant thing, um, specifically with, with regards to abortion and that he had actually mentioned that in an interview. But anyway. Continue. What was the next thing you were oh, saying? Oh, no, I'm just saying how, you know, book fans are eating well lately with Ryan Condal. Um, oh, yeah. Not, it's not that Dave and Dan didn't give us a lot of, you know, uh, book-related stuff. It's just that they were more preoccupied with adapting the story and making sure everything fit. Mm-hmm. Ryan Condal is taking his sweet time because we are about to hit five episodes in, and only now we're getting, like, Rhaenyra and Lenore's wedding. And I'm wondering yeah. how... And I look at the episodes here on Wikipedia, and episode 10 is called The Black Queen. And I was actually discussing this with Glytus privately a while back. Glytus believes that the final scene of House of the Dragon episode 10 season 1 will be both Rhaenyra and Aegon II being crowned at the same time like you know like going back and forth between scenes which means mm. and he he might be right episode 9 is called the Green Council which you know I don't want to spoil this for non-book yeah, well, readers yeah, but yeah. um yeah there Ryan Condal is taking his sweet time getting to the meat and potatoes of Dance of the Dragons, because by the time we hit episode six or seven in Game of Thrones, we already have the, yeah. the uh, like the beginning of the War of Five Kings. Well, it's funny the uh, how it's the process is is the reverse, like D and D's process, where you have this 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 big bulk of st- source material, and you're like, well, what are we going to cut? And then Ryan Condal, you've got this like these these fortune cookies of 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 source material and how are we going to expand it you know right mm-hmm. it's it's um it's kind of it's kind of funny like how little one guy has and how he has to like add on add meat to the bone and how the other guy's got this huge feast and he's like well what what are we going to save i i mean both are difficult jobs uh, um and 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 i think both did a really great job um if we, if we compare our two season ones um but yeah, they are very different jobs. Well, people keep so. saying this already that see that the so far the episodes we've seen in House of the Dragon are already better than season one. You guys got to stop saying that. Season no. one of Game of Thrones, no. my personal opinion, no. is the gold standard of how you adapt a book to a show. Um, remember, this is not. Yes, they're both Fire and Blood and a Game of Thrones, the book. They're both you know, books, of course, but Fire and Blood is a history book. Ryan Condal is working with, as Preston said, scraps here. So it's kind of, until the season is over, it's kind of unfair to compare the two. And I I would also love, in another universe, to see how Ryan Condal would have handled Game of Thrones in his own way. I would have loved to have seen, like, what he could have done with it. Yeah. But I love how it's just, I love how it's just two different, completely different styles and completely different ways of handling stuff, you know, um, like one, one group, one group that's like, no, we've got to really worry about like cutting things down and pacing and throwing in, um, you know, the right story beats. And I think D and D did a great job with season one. Um, you know, uh, and Ryan Condal being this like ultra fan who's like, no, we got to get all the details, right. We got to get this detail, right. We got to, we got to throw this in. Um, it's uh um I don't you know, I don't think he's as I don't think he's as talented as D D uh were in pacing with season one. You know, like you know, but um I think he's doing he's creating a he's creating a, a great show in a completely different in a completely different way. It's actually even hard to compare the shows because they're so different. They're so different. 
I mean, just the time, the time skips. They're so, like the time skips are so hard, but they're well done I'm not here. Saying Very that, well done. They're well done. You know, obviously they're not going to be perfect because time skips can't be. Like, like I say, we brought up the the Allison and Rhaenyra reconciliation, and you're like, well, how do you deal with that? Like with the time skips and everything, and something got lost in the translation. But you know, they're they're doing their best. They're doing their best with those time skips. By the way, uh, people keep complaining. So I, I've noticed in my comment section in some of my videos, people kept complaining about the time skips. Guys, we had time skips in. Uh, for the first season of Thrones and the second season from mm-hmm. a good chunk of Thrones. The only difference here is that yeah. the characters are actively telling you, oh, I haven't seen you in four years. Oh, it's, uh, you know, yeah, he's two true. now. Like, you're actually getting in normal conversation, I haven't seen my brother in three years. Like, you're actually getting in fluid, normal conversation how long it's been. And uh, also, yeah. it's... it's <laughs> Maybe... I mean, it w- people, people, really, people really forget that, like, Danny went from from you know impregnated to birthing in how many episodes? Like was it three? Ned had you been know, in King's like, Landing for a year, and you didn't even know that. Like a lot of people did not. Oh wow, it was a right. year. I thought it was a couple of months. No, it was a year. He was there for a year. Yeah, no, in those it, ten episodes. It, fe- it definitely feels like two weeks when you watch <laughs> when you watch the. Definitely feels like two weeks when you watch Game of Thrones. But like, I, but oh, I'll geez. also acknowledge that it's kind of very important um, for Ryan Condal to ensure the audience knows that there's been time skips because Rhaenyra, young girl, when we start oh, the yeah, episode, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. when we start episode one, and then by the time we get to four, you know, uh, uh, Damon hasn't seen her in what three to four years, so she's eighteen, mm, nineteen. Yeah. Very important to establish. You don't want the FBI coming knocking on our doors with this bullshit, right? So. Right. I, I suppose it's it, that's kind of funny because they um they because uh, Allison is clearly is you know as as a young girl is clearly like having sex, but it's off screen. And they didn't put her on screen having sex until this episode where she's like 18 or 19, mm-hmm. right? Because you just, you know, like, it's very important. It's very important you, that we're not going to show that on screen. His back is so fucked up. Has the infection, like, completely gone crazy and is just destroying him? Or is that, like, scabs? That- there must be something else going on. Because um, when he first made that comment... You know, the first time we get the sore on him and the maester's like, we're not, I'm not sure what this is. And he's like, oh, it's a cut from the from the throne. And they're like, OK. And then they cauterize it. And it's like, it doesn't really make sense that there'd be a cut underneath his clothes on his back. Um, I mean, maybe uh, maybe they're all cuts from the throne. If, if the swords were but, fucking super sharp or valerian steel, goddamn, they're, they're yeah, cutting through his clothes. I'll, I'll take that. But at least like, and we've seen back shots of Viserys, at least show us some back shots of his like clothes a little ripped or something. And I'll make it believable that yeah. the throne is cutting him. But what the I hell? I mean, it might, but it might be something else. Maybe he has some other ailment. You know, and he he thinks it's a cut. In the preview for episode five, Allison is watching him come back to the Red Keep, and he like collapses a little, and it startles her. So yeah, he's and Otto knows. Yeah, they do. They have a death fake out scene. Mm. You know, where he's he's like lying on the ground or something, but he's he clearly is not dying yet. <laughs> <laughs> one one interesting thing that somebody brought up was um, the moon tea and who sent it. We're led to believe that Viserys sent his daughter. The moon tea. Mm. However, in the previous scene, he is is told by Alicent that Rhaenyra didn't even have sex, and he seems to believe her. So why would he send the tea? So the idea is that maybe the Maesters sent the tea and that the Maesters were watching. I was I was kind of I don't know why I was kind of under the impression that maybe it was either Christian Cole or Alicent. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and but we also get these this kind of impression that 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 Rhaenyra is getting spied on. Um, yeah, I didn't know get that. that. Spies. I didn't. I didn't get the impression that well, they were being spied on when they had sex. It's just the camera angles are kind of weird, peeping Tom cam- camera angles. Mm-hmm. But even if they're going to be spied on, it's not going to be from those locations. But but um, we know that the Red Keep is filled with with um, holes in the wall where where. Um, either someone like Varys or Cheese um, walks around in the walls. Um, it's funny because because the first time I read 
uh, a feast for crows and Cer- when Cersei burns the Tower of the Hand. I'm, I, you know, I remember feeling like, oh, what an absolute waste of like time and effort to like burn the, the this 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 uh, this tower. But now that now that like I you know I've had time to to go over the series and everything, I realize like so many problems happen because of the secret passages <laughs> that they should have that, that Cersei should have burned down the entire castle and started over again because I mean it certainly would have saved Kevin's life. Yeah. Um, had had she burned down the entire castle, but there's so many just problems with 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 the damn secret passages. Oh my gosh! Like Cersei, it's just one of those situations. Like when Cersei's right, she's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes Cersei is right. <laughs> I like I like I like how we are seeing the secret passages in in in, in the House of the Dragon, and uh, like I said, it's gonna all lead to blood and cheese, blood and cheese all day, every day. I, I'm still I'm still a little skeptical on your claim that Laurie Strong might be one of them. Oh yeah, I mean we'll see. This is this is me. This is me like, you know, betting betting money on the house. You know, I'm like I'm like putting it all on on, you know, uh, putting it all on black. You mm. know, like I'm just like, it's Laurie. Cheese is Laurie Strong. <laughs> like. I wonder. I wonder if um, Ryan Condal thinks the same thing, and he might allude to it. Um, maybe it, it's just one of those things where, where, uh, you know, I, I just know that like not that many people have done really, really close readings of of Fire and Blood, and so wh- when I sort of like come out with these like Fire and Blood ideas, I don't know how many people like naturally come to that conclusion. Um, you know. Some, when, when I started going through like the overanalyzing House of the Dragon and going line by line and then reading the comments, like um, certain things like, you know, people are on board with. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, this that totally makes sense. I think I think you're, you're reading that right. And then other times people people kind of say like, nah, I think you're pushing that, you know. So um, like I said, I was really surprised last episode when when Ryan Condal or whoever, whatever writers like successfully identified that that. Uh, Viserys and Damon politically married into the Vale in order to have an army to to fight against the North. I, you know, I was like very impressed with like that level of reading. Um, but at the same time, like I guess they messed up Blackwood and Bracken in this episode. But um, so yeah, everything has their limits. <laughs> everything change things up a little is fine. Change things up a it's... little. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, no, before before we wrap it up, um, I actually really like this episode as well. I think I don't know. I feel like I like episode three slightly better, but I've only seen this. I I, I need to watch this at least. Two My more times. least favorite episode is your favorite. No, I, well, I wouldn't. Uh, I need to rewatch this at least or, two more times for me to have like the definitive yeah. one on it. But I think I like episode three just a little more. This one was was fun too, very fun. I would argue this is my close second. Uh, my favorite, my second favorite, by a very close margin. I'm sure I'll probably like it or maybe dislike it on a couple more rewatches, which I'm going to do after we record this. Yeah, it always happens. You know, you watch you watch something the first time and you really like it, and then you sort of rewatch it and the, the holes come mm-hmm. out. Um, the one thing I do miss the most, though, and I said this in my review, the one thing I miss the most is us going to all these different places, which we did in episode three. We uh, traveled to Kingswood, uh, obviously mm, the Stepstones. Mm. Here, we were in Storm's End for like five minutes, sure. And it's not that I hate King's Landing, but I feel as though we're always in fucking King's Landing. I want to see other places. We Dude, it feels <laughs> like the characters so are prisoners funny. in King's Landing, not, not that they live there. Do you remember when when Game of Thrones first came out and everyone mocked Game of Thrones for it being just people walking around the gardens (laughs) conspiring and that was like the complaint that there wasn't enough different scenery that everyone was just walking around gardens conspiring um when in fact there were tons of different at the wall winterfell we're on the road right dairy uh essos like there were so many locations um it was ridiculous to, to have that accusation but now we actually do have that situation where, like, yes, there's the godswood, there's the throne room, there's 
There's the miniatures. If room. I didn't know any better, it uh, almost looks like House of the Dragon doesn't have the budget to go to several locations, but they do. They do have the budget to go to all these fucking locations. HBO gave them almost an yeah. unlimited budget, and you know they did because HBO was willing to spend yeah, yeah. thirty million dollars on one episode of a pilot they decided not to even release. So yes, it, like they have the budget to go to all these places, but the story doesn't really call for it, which I think is. A shame, because I really would have liked to see if more places, and I'm sure we will, is we're yeah. only on episode four, I'm sure we'll go uh, to multiple locations, but off the top of my head, besides Storm's End, the God and the Kingswood, and the Stepstones, Driftmark, and I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, for for inside inside of a room, we never see anything in Driftmark. Well, no, uh, true, but you we know, we went to Dragonstone. We went to Dragonstone. We went to Driftmark. We went to one room inside Driftmark. We will yeah. see Driftmark. I'm um, assuming in the next episode because in the episode five preview, it looks like Viserys personally is going to Driftmark to ask for the match between yeah. Lenor and Rhaenyra. Um, but okay, so so those five places. I don't even really count Dragonstone because, eh. um, but those five yeah. places, cool. I don't want to see the places around the Crownlands. I want to see, you know, the north. I want to see, you know, I want to see more of Dorne. I want to see all these other places as well. And mm, doesn't seem like we're going to get that anytime mm. soon. I can't see it happening in this season, at least. No, I mean, I guess we might go to the Vale next episode. Briefly, briefly. I doubt we'll stay briefly. there for too long. To 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 watch to watch Rhea Royce know, die. Rhea Royce. <laughs> we to fall off a horse. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else that happens, uh, besides, I mean, Driftmark, Dragonstone, King's Landing. I can't think of much else that happens until the war. And then we go back to Storm's End when the war starts. I, I will say, I will say that the, the time jump in Fire and Blood, there's a rather large time jump from like one, tw- like the last 10 years go by really fast. Um, and we don't hear very much on it, but, uh, so that'll be the biggest time jump when we actually like jump to the start of the war. But then again, they've advanced a lot of the events in time. So to make people older, but then they have to advance them again to order to have people grow up. So I will see, we'll see about these jumps, but I'm also very, very, very nervous about the, the biggest time jump that we're going to get after episode five, because I think after episode five, that's when we get older characters. And we Mm. also get the introduction of, you know, Allison's children, uh, other than being babies. And we also get the introduction of Rhaenyra's kids. And, uh, then we have a whole, I feel like it's going to become a brand new show. Yeah. Yeah. Because because we have to introduce this whole slew of like new characters and we have to give them personalities. So I can kind of understand where a bulk of those episodes will go. We'll go to and, and up I those do people. think I do think that um so right now young young Alicent and young Rhaenyra are very likable characters and they're very likable uh actors. But you know, it's always a risk. Are are we going to like the new actors as much? I don't you know. Hmm. Mm. We'll, we'll have to see we'll have to see uh and on that note Preston, you mind if you wrap it up here all right Sounds guys good. thank you for joining us we'll see you all on the next episode have a good one